The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will look like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch. Because you don't know the day or the hour. The gospel of our Lord. So we pray, come Holy Spirit. Lord, speak to us today in a way, Lord, that we can hear you clearly. We can hear what the Spirit is saying that we can respond. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to please be seated. Well, there's a story that comes from the sinking of the Titanic, and it's a story about a a woman who was getting ready to get into a lifeboat, and then she suddenly remembered that there was something that she needed from her room, and she asked for permission to go get it, and she was granted three minutes. If you're not back in three minutes, we're leaving you. So the woman scampered across the deck of the ship and went to her stateroom. And there she pushed aside all of her jewels, all her diamonds and rubies and rings and necklaces. And and, and she reached and grabbed three oranges. And having secured the oranges, then she scampered back to the lifeboat and made it in time and jumped in the boat as it was lowered into the ocean. Now, fact or fiction, that's a great story. I I, I tried to fact check that, and I got variations of the story, but it's an incredible story because if you think about it, just moments earlier, minutes earlier, this woman would not have chosen a whole bag full of oranges over the smallest diamond. But tragedy has struck They hit the iceberg, and values all of a sudden were transformed. In the blink of an eye, in the snap of a finger, in a moment, the priceless things became worthless. In the blink of an eye, the snap of the finger, the worthless things became priceless. She preferred three oranges over all of her jewels. It's a great story. 
And here's the point. There are events that happen in life, events that transform us. And the day in the gospel reading is one of those events. It's the second coming of Christ, the second coming of Jesus. And Jesus tells his parable. He lets the parable describe that event. And he uses just everyday language like he always does. He uses goats and sheep and he uses houses and foundations and he uses fields to to make a point. The woman on the Titanic, she understood that in light of the current circumstances that she was in, that she needed to make preparations for the present. The jewels wouldn't suffice. The oranges were good enough. And likewise, in the gospel today, in this world where Jesus may return at any moment, the parable warns for those who have ears to hear that we must be ready. We must be ready. Jesus is, is talking about a wedding. And this wedding, this parable that he uses is told not from the perspective of the, of the bridegroom and the bride, but it's told from the perspective of the ten virgins. And if you were listening, you heard that five were foolish and five were wise. And what was the measure of the wisdom of the wise? The measure of the wisdom of the wise was their readiness. They had oil. They all had oil in the lamps. But this five, the wise five, had extra supply of oil. You see, the context of a wedding in the first century was that a wedding could happen at any time and, and the, the uncertainty was considered part of the excitement of, of the wedding. And you heard in the parable today and the, the cry or the announcement of the bridegroom's coming at midnight. And oil was needed to escort the bridegroom. Five had oil. And five didn't. Go buy some oil. There's not enough. So they go away. And as they're gone, the bridegroom comes. And the five wise virgins are ushered into the banquet hall. The other five, they're knocking on the door because the door's been shut, we heard. They're knocking. Sir, let us in. And then you hear those words, those chilling words. I tell you the truth, I don't know you. I tell you the truth, I don't know you. In other words, if you had belonged to this event, then you would have been ready in the moment. And Jesus concludes the parable with, keep watch. You don't know neither the day or the hour of my return. 
Now, I want to look at this parable today, and I, I just want to look at it in a practical way. I'm not going to get all into the sim- symbolism of, of the parable. What, what, is, what is Jesus teaching us today? Because you see, we oftentimes have ears to hear, but we don't hear. We oftentimes hear things and we forget. We find ourselves in a rut in life. We find ourselves just, just living life the way that we want to live life. What is the lesson that Jesus wants us to hear today? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? That he's teaching us that he's going to return when it's least expected. No one knows the hour or the day of his return. And then secondly, it's obvious that we must be ready when he returns at any time. No one knows the day or the hours. If we read Matthew in chapter 24, we would see that Jesus is pressing this point time and time again. In chapter 24, verse 36, he says, No one knows about that day or that hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, Jesus, but only the Father. Time and time again, he makes this point that he's going to return when it's least expected. No one knows the day or the hour. This is incredible. Not even the angels know it. Not even Jesus knows it. No one knows the day or the hour. It's the best kept secret in the universe. No one knows. Just like no one knows who Tyler from Spartanburg is. No one knows. No one knows, but isn't it true that time and time and time again, we hear of those who do know? I mean, you look back over, the, over history, there are those that have predicted, oh, I know, I've got insight, I know the day and I know the hour. We look in our, in our, in our world today. And we, and we look at the weather, and we get frightened because the weather pattern's changing. And we see what's going on in the Middle East. And, and well, the day's getting closer, and we start trying to, to, to connect the dots so that we can know. People have quit their jobs before. People have sold their houses. People have canceled their insurance because they were confident they knew that Jesus was coming at it particular time and a particular day. Even we read in Acts in chapter 1 when Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, he's, he's having a meal with his disciples. And, 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 and they, he's talking about the kingdom. He says that the kingdom's going to come. And they say, well, is that, are you going to restore the kingdom? Is that when you're going to come back? This is before he ascends. And Jesus replies, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you are going to be my witnesses. Do we hear that? In other words, don't worry about my return. This is what Paul addressed to the Thessalonians. The Thessalonians, were, they were confident that Jesus was returning any, any day. And, and they didn't know how to live. They were even concerned about those that had died before them. And Paul just assures them that we will always be with Christ if we are in Christ. 
Don't be concerned about my return, but concentrate on doing my work. This is the point. And what's the work of God? Well, we find in John in chapter 6, verse 27, that, that the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. Check it out. Chapter 6, verse 29. The work of God is to believe in the one that he sent. Believe in Jesus Christ. Concentrate on, on doing his work. Be witnesses. We were looking in Acts in chapter 11, the staff the other day. And it's the moment when, when Barnabas... Barnabas is going to minister. And we read in Acts in chapter 11 that Barnabas is, is described as a man full of the Spirit. That's how he's described. He's a good guy, but he's a man full of the Spirit. How would you and I be described right now? Would we be described as full of the Spirit? Or would we be described as full of self? How are we to live? Focus on, on my work. Be witnesses. Walk in the Spirit, not in flesh, Paul writes in Galatians. That's what we're to be about. We're to be witnesses, to spread the good news, to do what we've been given to do. I was born in 1958. And in 1960, y'all might remember JFK and um, Richard Nixon were running for President of the United States. And and JFK would often tell a story in, in his, his speech with a story about the Speaker of the House in, uh, for uh, Connecticut, in the um, Hartford, Connecticut, the House of Representatives. And he would, he would talk about this Colonel Davenport. And listen to what Colonel Davenport said. He said it was 1989, and they were in session. They were in Hartford, Connecticut, and the sky, it, it grew dark, and it grew threatening. And some of those that were in session, some of those in the House of Representatives thought, thought that, well, the end's coming now. We need to adjourn. And Colonel Davenport rose, and he said, the day of judgment is either approaching or not. If it's not, there's not need to adjourn. But if it is, I choose to be found doing my duty. That's the attitude that Jesus is talking about today. To be more concerned about doing the work of God than when he's going to actually return. To not be fearful of, of what is to come but to be faithful for what we've been given to be witnesses again it's the best kept secret in the whole universe it's going to be totally unexpected and it's going to catch people by surprise earlier in Matthew chapter 24 Jesus says it's, it's kind of like the days of Noah when Noah was told that there was going to be judgment on the earth and a mighty flood was going to come and he built an ark and the neighbors around said, what are you doing? So I'm building an ark because a flood's coming and they didn't believe him. And you read that they ate and they drank and they, and they gave in marriage. They just did life the way they wanted to do life. But then the flood came and it caught everyone by surprise. He says, that's how it's going to be when the Son of Man returns. 
It's going to be like a thief in the night. It's going to be unexpected. It's going to be like the unexpected return of the master. It's going to be like the announcement of the bridegroom. We don't know the times, but God knows the times. And he reminds us time and time again, it will be unexpected. That's the first obvious point. But we, we, we seem to forget it, don't we? We're like the Israelites. We forget, we forget, we do the same things. That's the first point. The second point, he says in verse 13 of the parable today, the return is unexpected. Keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. Keep watch. It's like a night watchman in the tower and he's waiting for daybreak to come. Keep watch. Always looking for the first light of day. I wonder, I wonder how in this day and this time, how are we keeping watch? How are we waiting? Are we looking intently, expecting Jesus to come at any moment? Boom! It could be just like that. Or do we just grow impatient? And do we just get comfortable? Do we just get content with the world? Do we just think he's long in coming? He's not going to come. The warning is to be prepared. To seek him first. To seek first the kingdom of God. To not grow complacent. To not fall back. I love this, the way that Peter writes about it, and I quote it oftentimes, talking about this day, the day of the Lord. He says, friends, don't forget this one thing. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. I'm coming. He's not slow as some people think he is, but he is patient. He's patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, he's going to come. The men have been studying the minor prophets. And the message in the minor prophets is consistent. That judgment is coming. But there's always an invitation to come to the Lord. We see that all through the minor prophets. And judgment is coming. All evil is going to be wiped out because God is holy. God is holy and he's righteous. But he's loving. And he is going to deal with all the evil in this world. I said it one time before. The question is going to be, what did you do with my son? And that's part of it. He's coming but it's not slow in coming. He is slow in coming. But he's wanting all of us to come to him. There's the invitation, always the invitation. So we pray that kingdom come in good times and bad times. We pray that kingdom come in prosperity and in sickness. We pray with conviction, with the expectation that he's coming. You see, keep watch means that we are to keep watch for that unexpected day when he comes and we greet him as Savior. 
as Savior? Do we know him as Savior? Because when he comes, boom, that time when he comes, it'll be too late. So he's telling us, come to me, Savior and Lord. Is he Lord? Do we serve him? Paul says, put off the old and put on the new. This is what we're to be about. I'll close with another story. It's a story about a a wealthy man who had a gardener, and he went on his journey, and and the gardener was taking care of the grounds of the trees and the shrubs and the the grass, and the neighbor was admiring the, the grounds and said to the gardener, looks like the owner's coming back tomorrow. And the gardener said, no, sir. He's coming back today. You see, that's our reply. It's not some far-off moment. It's not next month. It's not even tomorrow. We live as if he's coming now, today. And understanding that helps us to understand we make preparations for today. Just like that woman on the Titanic. She made preparations for the moment. Because you see, in this world, Jesus may return at any moment. And we must be ready. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word that it doesn't return empty or void. And Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say And, Lord, that we might submit unto you and live as your witnesses. That we might live in the spirit and not in the flesh. That we might bring glory to you, Lord, in all that we say and all that we do, full of the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.